Welcome to I've Seen Things. I'm Taja. And I'm Amy. And we're here to chat about logistics and safety and what are we talking about today? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got a few different things up our sleeves, meaning my sleeve. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not prepared for today at all. (laughs) Hijinks involved, I feel, um, today. But no, I wanted to introduce a new segment today, Uh, Reddit on Reddit, Taja's wonderful brainchild apologies dear listener <laughs> i am operating on um no sleep yeah there's no fuel in this tank <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that off air <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway on to amy's segment reddit on reddit yeah what have you found for us today so today i thought i'd just read maybe one or two and then we can talk about Okay, well, this is a good one um, to start things off. It's a uh, hospitality-based incident that happened. Um, I work in a restaurant. One evening, one of the salad tenders cut off the tip of his finger. And it was bad enough that he had to go to the hospital for it. Unfortunately, the salad he was making somehow made it out of the kitchen and onto the table. Shortly after, the guests complained about something chewy in their salad. It was a piece of bacon, and they didn't want bacon in their salad. The salad guy couldn't find the tip of his finger before he left, so he went to hospital without the tip. Just the tip? Just the tip. Um, Look, I feel like this happens more than what is ever reported or, like, put out into the ether beyond, like, Reddit Kitchens are a hazardous place to work. Yeah. The, the, literally. <laughs> the entire thing about kitchens is that they're a very hazardous place to work. There's, there's sharp knives, there's hot flames, there's hot pans, mm-hmm. there's hot oil. Mm-hmm. There's just people moving around in a great rush because you're trying to cater to, you know, 50 to 1,000 people, depending on the size of the establishment, whether it's an events kitchen or just a standard small cafe. Yep. So, yeah, it's a very hazardous place to work, but... I'm a little bit concerned as to how the a the salad made it out of the kitchen because <laughs> as far I, I'd like to know what country they're from. Does it say? Uh, no, it does not say. Does not say because like I'm fairly certain, and I may be misremembering from my time in hospitality, but we had a protocol that was if the food had been in any way potentially contaminated, i.e., he couldn't find the tip of his finger, mm-hmm. that that food didn't leave the kitchen; it got tossed. Yes, if it's been compromised in any way. And I'm just thinking about the dressing. Is it a bit of blood dressing? Because you've cut the tip of your finger? Just some bacon. I'll never look at bacon the same way again. <laughs> you say that in a week, you'll have a bacon. Totally you'll have a BLT bacon. and you'll be like, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not a finger. <laughs> it's too thin. It's just the, the little bit in that where the customer complained that there was something chewy in their salad because they'd thought it was bacon and they hadn't asked for bacon to be in their salad but i'm i'm how how yeah i'm trying to figure out how much that he may have cut Mm. off because like was it just the tip and then there was like no veins and that's why he didn't taste anything coppery you know blood or Mm. so it was just like flesh do you reckon it's like bacon bit size well he thought it was bacon so i'm assuming so because you can't really... I mean, you could have, like, the tiniest little slither of, of a rush of bacon. 
But, I mean, that's cutting that up pretty finely. Um, yeah, and that's not the sort of bacon that a restaurant would typically put into a salad. It would be more like the cubed bacon bits. Yeah, like a Caesar salad would have the cubey bits. Yeah, okay. It's going to have to be a pretty big, decent chunk off your finger, off the tip. We need more information. We need... Yeah, but I don't. That's, that's, the, that's the, the problem thing with, with Reddit. It's, <laughs> it's you, just a story. You just get the story, and however long or short it is, that's that's the meat, the crux Look, of the story. Having come from hospitality, I know these are very prevalent issues. Yeah. There's, uh, you can be as safe and conscious about yourself and your workmates in a kitchen as you possibly, possibly can. Mm-hmm. These incidences are still going to happen. Like, there's, I've got scars on my fingers from the time where I was just training to work in a kitchen. Yeah. Let alone actually doing it actively day after day after day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the only thing I can say is that you just have to trust that they're doing everything they possibly can. Occasionally things are going to happen. And don't chew on the chewy bacon if you didn't order bacon. <laughs> I don't know what like, Yeah. Look, I mean, things happen, don't they? Yes. You know, you can find bugs. People, you know, have eaten half oh, a caterpillar. Recent, didn't um, Audi recently have that issue where the guy bought a head of broccoli in one of those pre-packed bags and there was a whole snake in there? Yes, there was. Yes. And, you know, um, people have, you know, taken a big bite of something and they've left half of a thing, you know, like half a caterpillar. Oh, yeah. That's, like, that's where that whole, how that whole joke came about of what's worse than finding a, a worm in your apple and it's finding half a worm. Yeah. And you go, is that... Did, was that just half anyway, or did, is the half like inside me now? What's what's going Protein. on? Yeah. So what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> your face. Drop your face. <laughs> Protein. Look, there are places in the world where they where they have that. Like I, mm. the weirdest thing that you've ever eaten. Mine is crickets. Oh yeah, I've I had, haven't. I've done had that, crickets. Though. I actually did that on national TV. <laughs> My school was, yeah, my school was, I mean, this was like grade 11, 12, so a very long time ago, back when um, Toasted TV had taken over from Cheese TV. Okay. A bit of a downfall um, on on the TV, Cheese TV It was nowhere near as good. But anyway, um, we had our film and TV class were taken to Movie World for a tour, and we were seeing how all the sound stages and production stages worked and everything like that, and they were filming at Movie World that day, and so they got our class in. And they were like, oh, we're doing this segment on um, strange foods from overseas that are being, you know, trying to be made popular here in Australia. And the thing that they brought out was crickets. And so they asked for some volunteers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, peer pressure, the whole class did it. Mm -hmm. And we had a normal cricket and then we had a chocolate dipped cricket. I've never been able to look at Snickers the same way because it tasted exactly like a Snickers bar. (laughs) Chocolate dipped cricket tasted to me exactly like a Snickers bar. But the crickets they gave us are specifically bred and kept in special environs. I really feel are... like you're going to say containers. <laughs> special <laughs> containers. <laughs> no, they're kept in special environs that are very clean because they are bred specifically for eating. Yes. yes. So I wasn't like, oh, my God, did you just pick this up on the side of the road? They're like, no, 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 it's all been completely, like, they are bred specifically for this. They're kept in clean environments. Mm. It's, yeah, it's safe to eat. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. But they were like baked and crispy. Maybe Snickers are crickets. Out on the shelves now. 
it would save them money. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it would and save them a the, lot of money. I'm not sure if it would actually pass though, because they've got to have a specific amount. Like they've got to have under a certain amount of insects in their food to pass for yeah. safe. Mm, maybe not then. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> but every time I eat a Snickers, I'm like, mm, cricket. <laughs> I mean, it could have elements of of cricket. They might be slowly transitioning. But yeah. Well, there's no, there's absolutely no way that any food that you buy is 100% bug free. No. Definitely even not. even your chocolate and that. But it does have to be kept under a certain amount, which freaks a lot of people out when they find out about that. But I mean, you think about it. Your own house, no matter how OCD or or um, phobic that you are about keeping them out, you're going to find them. There's yes. no way to stop them. As our good mate Troy used to say to us, <laughs> you're never that far away from a spider. And I feel like I've lost the meterage, like a meter. A spider is very close to you. Sorry, Troy, I'm really mixing up your... Well, they're very they're very close at the moment because the garden's just on the other side of the wall. <laughs> I can guarantee you that there's a few in there. But basically, you're never really that far away from a spider mm. because I tend to attract huntsmen. But that's on a, on a tangent. Anyway, so we'll get back to another story. Um, we are in Australia. Their, their population is larger than ours. Go away, huntsman. <laughs> just saying, I'm not your friend. And I'm also not your roommate. It's just a <laughs> Gary, the tallest spider, does not live with me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, uh, next story from Reddit. Um, starts with, I wasn't there on the day when it happened, but heard some of the details. So here we are with, again, Reddit. Could be a little bit lacking on the, some of the details. I'd and if so. you've got questions, we don't have any more answers. So... <laughs> I have plenty of questions. You never give me an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I may be off, but here it goes. Two maintenance guys were up on a scissor lift working an overhead indoor crane. Someone on the floor grabbed the remote for the other crane and started to move it. One maintenance guy yelled, duck. Hmm. Duck goose. And ducked. The other turned to see what was happening, and apparently he was crushed between the two cranes and then fell out of the lift. Oh, God. I don't know how true this is. Oh, God. But apparently his insides were out and still alive for a short time. I got a call from my idiot team lead telling me the shift was ended, um, at least for the day, probably longer. He didn't mention the guy was dying, just mentioned how awesome it was to have a long weekend. So he sounds like an asshole. Yeah. Uh, leading hand, you need to fuck right off, to be honest. You're a horrible person. Oh, my God. Um, then uh, a comment straight underneath was, lockout tagout procedures are written in blood. People often scoff at them at being over the top, but that's pre- um, preferable to the alternative, which was... Imminent death. Death in a really horrible way. Oh, my God. Crushed between two cranes and then fell out. So, I mean, again, I don't have a lot of context around, like, the sort of the fleshing out of the pre and the post of what happened. Um, Can you imagine being that guy, though? Like, oh, yeah, okay, long weekend, and then coming into work and being like, excuse me, it was for what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I knew that dude. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that dude. Yeah, that dude was pretty cool. Who the fuck touched the remote? <laughs> what? But 
I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> let's just let's just let's just get dial back, down, dial back <laughs> down to the bare bare bones of this thing. Yeah. If you're working in a site where you have multiple overhead cranes yeah. and scissor lifts operating at a time, mm-hmm. like where I work, like yeah. where you used to work, sure, 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 sure. We weren't just told like tag out procedures are for this or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. there were photos to go along with it. There was explanations and that. But when things were being tagged out for certain areas, like the overhead crane was being worked on, we closed that whole area down. Yeah. So uh, why I was that not a shutdown area? Don't. I don't know. Was it a shutdown area and someone thought they were being funny and it just had disastrous and deadly consequences? Like, there's so many more questions. I mean, it would have been such a traumatic event to witness, hear about, think about. Clean up after. Clean up. Uh, that requires so much beyond the day as well. WorkSafe would be doing an investigation straight up buttercups. Um, and just the ongoing effects of that to that site and those teams that were there on that day would not be something you'd easily forget. I think that would no. stick with you probably forever. Yep. Um, and whether or not you were uh, autopilot on the day, because some people can just kind of compartmentalise traumatic events and, and work through them, mm-hmm. and then it might actually affect them a little bit down Later, the track. Yep. So your stress can come out in really different ways, um, you know, a week, a month, a year after the fact. So PTSD um, around that alone would be enormous yep. for those staff. Um, and, yeah, uh, that's it doesn't actually say where it was either again i don't know whether it was here in australia because again it's reddit and if you don't get all the details put into the post then you don't get yeah, the you don't get anything um yeah so that that one's that one's pretty full-on and, and i mean it just shows you someone picked up the wrong remote did they well, again, it's another we're, good question. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're very much on the optimistic side of, oops, they grabbed the wrong remote. I'm yeah. more on the cynical side of, did they? <laughs> uh, well, did they, they did. were they just trying to be funny? Were they, yeah. I, again, we don't have all the details, but no. I can't, like, you're the optimist, I'm the cynic. That's just sort of how we work. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, do we want one more or would you like to move sure. on from Reddit on Reddit? <laughs> no, give us one more. Um, this this is, I mean, these have been pretty heavy and this is probably the heaviest one that I'll say. It's short and sweet um, in the way of the, it's a, a paragraph, but just thinking about um, individual safety and the safety of staff within hotels. So uh, your particular working uh, environments. Yes, I have. I have worked in hotels. Um, so this, this, yeah, this is just a quick paragraph, and I just note it has got heavy content within the paragraph. Um, as an executive housekeeper at a hotel, I was checking checkouts to make sure everyone had left. So uh, to me, that means, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the housekeeper is going around to each room to check that the people have checked out and have left so they can start cleaning the room. Yeah, well, in the hotel that I worked in, we had housekeeping check the room to make sure that everything had been taken out by the um, guest and to check on what had been used in the minibar. Mm-hmm. A lot of that doesn't, like a lot of the minibar stuff doesn't need to be checked so much anymore physically because they'll have um, like 
all the little, sensors. little sensors in the minibar. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the time, we had to check that they had left, that they had taken all of their stuff with and um, what had been taken out of the minibar. Because yeah. uh, most of the time, people are pretty good and they'll report it on their little, I used all of this in the minibar and they'll hand it in at checkout and you mm-hmm. charge them at checkout. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they try and pull one over you. Yeah. And you're like... You do know that we know you were in that room, right? Because we just <laughs> find you that room. We will you find think you. That we would have noticed? We will charge you. Yeah, you leave um, your credit card with us. So we're going to charge you. It's awkward for everyone involved, really. You don't get the, if you if you do like a like a deposit on your FBOS card, yeah, instead of a credit card, mm-hmm. we hold that deposit for an extra twenty four to forty eight hours after you check out. Yeah, makes just sense. in case you do that stuff. Yeah, then we check it and then we give you back. So. Uh, she's knocked a co- that they I'm gonna I don't even know why I'm assuming it's a, a, a woman sorry um, that's not cool of me um, they knocked a couple of times no answer they walk in and a young girl had committed suicide in mm. the room um, they bawled their eyes out and couldn't step foot in that room for a really long time after that um, and that's just again giving that preface it's heavy content um, and that's something that I think a lot of people don't think about when people working at hotels do have to deal with. Yeah, it is. It is unfortunately something that you have to deal with a fair amount. I was really lucky in that I never had to deal with that when I was working in a hotel. But you do get told about it. You get warned about it. If you're working with really good guys, they will tell you this is something that you actually have to deal with a fair bit. Because a lot of people that are in that headspace where that's an option to them, they um they don't want to make it any harder on their family. And so they're looking for a way to commit the act that isn't going to be hard on their family. And unfortunately, quite a few of them think that they, if they do it in a hotel, it's not my family that's going to find me. Mm. It's not my family that's going to have to clean up after me. Mm-hmm. And so it's left on some poor soul who whose job it is to clean the room, to yeah. find them and to report it and to go through the whole trauma of having to live with that. It's the same... I understand how people get in that headspace. For a long time, I um, was diagnosed with passive suicidal thoughts, which is where I haven't actively sought it out, but I sort of had the idea of, well, if I don't wake up, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if I hit that tree while I'm driving home, it's not a problem. But I didn't actively work on it. So I understand how people get into that headspace. But <sighs> I have a huge problem with people that get into that headspace and make it someone else's problem in regards to the act. Mm-hmm. I, but the aftermath of it is sometimes even the act. I mm. have a real problem with people who jump in front of trains, who jump in front of um, traffic on the highway and trucks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because I know people in those industries, they don't deserve to have that trauma. Mm-hmm. You're, I understand intimately how you got into those situations how those thoughts process in your mind how you want to do it because you think everyone around you is going to be better off p.s they're not they're really not going to be better off they want you to get better they want you in their lives and if you're having those thoughts please seek help we'll we'll put links below to resources but please seek help but you don't think when you're in that headspace about the trauma that you could lump on someone else that mm. could also put them in that headspace because of what you've done. Yeah. Like the amount of, of truck drivers that have 
trauma because someone has darted out in front of their truck in the middle of the night while they're trying to do their job, feed their own families, and they have to deal with the fact that their truck has hit another person. For the longest time, they will think it's their fault. Mm. But the person who darted out in front of them made the decision to do that. And it's really hard for them to process that trauma because to them, their responsibility is to drive safely and not hit pedestrians. And they've just hit a pedestrian in the middle of the night where they had no chance of seeing them. Mm-hmm. You know, train drivers that hit people, sometimes it's because they're just being stupid on the tracks and think they'll make it before the train does. Sometimes they're actively jumping in front of a train with the intention of jumping in front of a train. So I have I have a bit of a problem with people that make it someone else's problem. But... <sighs> There's also, I understand, there's also no way around that because whether it's your family, your friends, or a stranger who sees you commit the act or has to find you after you've done it, there's always going to be the trauma afterwards. Absolutely. So yes. it, there's no there's no good way to go about it, which is why I would prefer it if people would just not go about it and seek help because there is nothing in life that can't be solved with some help outside well said admittedly yes okay there's terminal illnesses and things like that but there are courses for that too that won't overly traumatize family or friends yeah so please seek help well very well said tasha very well said uh and i know um that this in itself for me um really i didn't sort of think about it and I guess because I haven't worked in hotels and sort of that sort of arena um but it's more common than you think oh yeah yeah um and to yeah like you say just be going about your job like it's a normal day you know doing the things the systems that are in place and then you walk in on something like that that's that again like the other story we just talked about that'll take a long time to reconcile what what your feelings are about that person and that it happened to be you i mean you might have swapped shifts with someone you know that might not be your normal floor you know there's a a whole bunch of things you know you might have got called in as well um so there's a lot of questions around you know why was i the one that needed to see something like this the act um so yeah it's it's just highlighting the fact that there is unsafe exposure to traumatic events that are sometimes way beyond your control especially if it's something like this that you're coming across um so and i think just by looking at different industries and hopefully this particular podcast is broadening beyond the usual Um, of construction, forestry, and mining, um, you know, the, the big ones, they are huge and they do have a lot of things that um, are scary and can be. I think that their their safety issues are um, relatively obvious to most people. Yes. Because they are such big industries and they have such large machinery and things like that. It's like farms. There's, yeah. There's, there's things that are very obviously unsafe and there's practices and procedures in place to make them a little bit safer or at least to make your dealings with them a little bit safer. But people don't think about the health and safety issues of being a checkout worker or a, yeah. a hospitality worker or things like that as often because they just sort of think, oh, well, you clean a room, what do you do? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I find that. Yeah. 
you know, or or the other thing that people don't talk about is a lot of assaults that are committed in hotels by guests against staff. Yeah. Or it and it has happened the other way around where staff have assaulted guests. Yeah. And you know, or, or you come across two guests assaulting each other and you have to deal with that too. There's yeah. I was um 17, 18 when I was working in the hotel and I was on night shift and I saw a lot of stuff yeah. that I shouldn't have seen. Yeah. But that came as part and parcel of the job and that was very much just how it was taken. That, mm-hmm. Yep, that happens. You're on the night shift and you're working in the city and that's mm-hmm. that's going to happen. It's It was the first place um, that I was exposed to prostitution, mm-hmm. drugs, mm-hmm. angry, violent, alcoholic behaviour. So it, a lot of that stuff... Um, it was not the first place I'd been exposed to people trying to steal stuff. <laughs> I did grow up in Logan. Love. That, was, that, was, that was just yeah, yeah. That was part and parcel of daily life in Logan. But like, you know, it, it's one of those sort of things. Like, there are other satellite issues that revolve around that job that people don't even consider. Yeah, that they don't they don't worry about it. They don't consider it because it's not something that they've ever had to. Mm. So yeah, and I think. Um, Unfortunately, it's maybe not as highlighted maybe in media. And, you know, it's tricky because you don't, as an organisation, no matter what organisation you are, you don't want media involved ever. (laughs) It's like not a good thing to get any publicity around um, anything that's going on that's bad in your particular organisation. But um, I think you do hear about the mining and the construction in the forestry and yeah, all that and because it's just more prominent and the unions are more prominent in those particular sectors around Yeah, and, and people, I think, because it is more prominent, they're more willing to speak out about a lot of that sort of behaviour. Because yes. um, I think there's recently been another um, media expose into FIFO work. Mm-hmm. So yes. and that, about the assaults that were occurring on the camps out mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. So it's, it's not something that goes unspoken about. But yeah, there's there's a lot of other industries that aren't as highlighted. No, definitely not. And I, I guess once you you know, you might know someone that just enters a particular sector that you go, Oh, I actually know nothing about that. You know, you know what it is, but you don't know the daily workings or the inner sanctum of some of the stuff that that person might have to deal with in their role. Um, I know some of the customer-facing people say, for instance, in government, like Medicare and Centrelink um, places, um, face a lot of customer aggression and violence. I think anyone in a customer-facing yeah. role has that. I think there's certain areas where that aggression is just amplified for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't think I've met anyone who has done a customer-facing service role mm. where they have come across no aggression. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's when it's, um, you know, a fine or something that you have to pay particular agencies back and then you're threatening self-harm, you know. Well, not even self-harm. I remember when I was a teenager, I was working at, um, (laughs) showing my age again, Blockbuster. (laughs) In in um Woodridge. Video. Just a video. <laughs> no, um we we were on the same row of shops as a real estate agency mm-hmm. and our I don't believe that our area manager knew about it, but it was very well spoken about at work. There had been a young receptionist who a renter had walked in and she had been shot in the face by this renter with a shotgun. 
and it was her last day working on that counter. She was supposed to move into a new department within the company. Mm-hmm. Um, all over the fact that he had gotten a notice that his um, rent arrears was getting to the point where they may need to take legal action mm-hmm. if he wasn't able to come up with some form of payment plan. He was in relatively dire straits, I believe, financially. Mm-hmm. Instead of coming in and saying, this is what's going on, this is what's happening, he came in with a gun and he shot her. Um, and her young child, who I I think was only two or three year old at the time, mm. if, if that, mm. um, and her new fiancé were left without their mother and their partner because of that issue. And our area manager came in because the owner of the store had a few stores, so we had like a senior management structure. He came in and said, oh, we're going to be putting debt collectors in for the um, overdue fees because some of the people in the store have quite serious overdue fees. And his response to that, because he did it at a big staff meeting, his response to that was no, no, you will not. We will all walk if you do that. Did you not just hear what happened three doors down? Yeah. And it was like, no, what happened three doors down? And we had to take him back to work. And, I mean, this was the time where we still had the big PCs and Wi-Fi wasn't really a thing yet. So we had to take him back to work and use the internet there and show him what had happened. And he was like, I was not aware of that. And we're like, mate, you can just shut this store down before you do that. We won't be dealing with that. We already had a tough customer base. We weren't going to be adding any more troubles to it. And I don't think your death needs to end with someone quibbling over late fees of a um, video slash DVD. No, <laughs> that is not that is not what I want. <laughs> that is not the death anyone wants. No, uh, nor does that that woman. Wanted to die over um, arrears of rent. No, and by all accounts, she was very excited to be moving on to the next phase of her career. And, oh. you know, it was going to give her more time at home with her kid and all that sort of stuff. So she was very excited for the next stage of her life and it was robbed from her. Gosh. And it didn't help anything either because he he he, he took a bad situation and made it ten times worse. Because now he had a murder charge. Yep. I believe that he um, had some level of um, intimidation or, or domestic terrorism charge level to get at him for his actions as well. Certainly public firearms. Mm-hmm. I have no idea whether he legally owned the gun or not. Um, but, yeah, he, he ended up with jail sentence as well because he killed a woman. Mm. So you're doing all the heavy topics today. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I mean, not that I, I want to sit in here for ages in these heavy topics, but... Um, I just thought, considering we've, we've talked about all different things leading up to this particular episode, and I thought eh, it might be interesting just to for our dear listener, um, Christy, Christy, Troy, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be an ongoing joke. We laugh, but we love you. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, Share it with all your friends. Be on the way home from work. <laughs> or going to an event, or just while you're cleaning at home. Um, side note. Um, Is that when you listen to us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you listen to I just realised I didn't really, like, say context about that. It's just whatever, just naming things to name them. Someone's currently dusting their shelves thinking, Jesus Christ, these girls are talking some heavy shit today. Yeah. This is not the podcast I should be listening to right now. <laughs> um, I wanted to also... <laughs> This isn't as heavy, I guess. Um, I don't know. 
it's le- it's moderately heavy. <laughs> there you go. We're just getting all the heavy shit out of the way. The next episode will be much lighter, won't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll I try to find some funny stuff. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, that is a promise. Um, but I thought, no, we'll, we'll just change the cha- tables, you know, on the format for one episode. doesn't have to be forever. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Tell us, what, tell us what you think. <laughs> Um, so on WorkSafe Queensland, um, particular news events and slash alerts, um, they've just got a current investigation going on uh, as a 12-year-old jumps from amusement ride when safety harness releases. Where was this? Um, Is this? Uh, doesn't say yet. I haven't scrolled. I can scroll. I mean, Queensland has quite a few theme parks, so I'm interested to know who's got the issues this time because the mm. last one was – was that still Dreamworld? Well, now I don't want to keep had the big blaming one that, them, but They had yes. the big one that got them sued and killed people. Yes. So in May 2023, so quite recent, Ooh, yeah. a 12-year-old sustained fractures to their foot when they jumped from the seat of an amusement ride. Early investigations found the child was harnessed into the amusement ride when, for reasons not yet known, the harness released. It appears a staff member immediately engaged the emergency stop, at which the time at which time the child jumped from her seat to the ground. So um, an important just a caveat is these findings are not yet confirmed and investigations are continuing into the exact cause of what happened. Yeah, that one sounds more like a safety malfunction or some form of ride malfunction. Mm. But also, I have to say that that was, from the sounds of it, just from that initial release, it sounds like it was handled a lot better than the big humdrum that we had around the the Dreamworld world stuff. Because yes. at least the operator knew to actually engage the emergency stop switch. That was my next point. Yes, they knew where it was, what it was, and what it did. Yeah. And when to use it. And when to use it, yes. Um, e-stop every time. Every time, people. Um, it is weird that just thinking about my Your long theme time history with theme parks, um, there was never a time that um, that happened to me. Thank Christ for that. Uh, there was times where um, it's going a little bit off track, but look, it is what it is. You should know us by now. Um, <laughs> we tangent. So. Uh, certain rides, uh, you need to sometimes talk to guests about uh, either their chests, so meaning broad chests on men or um, large boobs or breasts on women or larger in stature people um, about different harnesses and how they need to actually click in, whether they come like over your shoulders or they're just ones that you snap into your lap. Or they come around and click. Just sort of depends on what harness it is. But um, I was one of those people that had to have these conversations at 18 and 19 with people at the front. So I'd block the line off. I'd get the people in and I'd have to talk to them about they may not fit on the ride depending on the harness and where it sat on their chest, on their breasts, on their stomach potentially, or on their lap. Um, Hella hard conversations to have with perfect strangers. I'll just say that real quick yeah i can imagine um that. and especially when you're 18 and 19 you don't really have quite the confidence built up yet to have that yeah. sort of confrontation because i can imagine some of those could get quite angry yeah um there was there was verbal abuse yeah. there was Sounds sometimes threats of violence yeah um 
you know, and there'd be, you know, there'd always be that thing of, oh, just we'll just take them around the side and we'll test it. So they don't have to wait in that 50-minute queue and then get no, you yeah. can't ride. It still didn't, that wasn't like the positive out of the whole thing of being told you may not be able to ride due to you being too large in stature or, you know, your boobs are too big. That's, it's all about body, it's almost body shaming someone <laughs> into, into the fact they can't ride a ride. But it's the safety side. So how do you have those conversations around that beyond just say a video on repeat that people may or may not listen to? Because they're too excited. To, they, won't, to, they won't listen to it. To jump on the ride. And I mean, they've got giant signs out the front saying, don't ride if you've got neck issues, back issues, get, you know. Pregnancy. Pregnancy. Oh, yeah. There's any so, any, so any pre-existing conditions, heart conditions. Yep. That's a big one. Um, epilepsy as well. Yeah. Um, I can imagine that on the Scooby-Doo ride at Movie World with all the... The, the lasers. I, yeah. Because yeah. you go into that warehouse section and there's like... There's like that fog machine, and then there's all the lasers flashing mm-hmm. around. And oh my god, can you imagine if you were seizure prone? Oh man, with all of those lights all the time, and the, and then there's like the heavy music that comes over. So mm-hmm. it, it it is very disorientating for a person who hasn't got any yeah. issues with those things. But to have some issues with those things, it yeah. would just be traumatic. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's not like it's a quick, just a quick flash. Oh you know, no, it is ongoing. <laughs> um, so I do I. I I have to admit, like, I use that ride as an example because I love that ride. <laughs> so I absolutely, when that ride first came out, um, I think my brother and his mate had taken me and my mate because there's quite an age gap. So I think he... Um, I like that there is there's quite an age gap. Age gap? Yeah. Age gap. Yep. He's older, I'm younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a bit of an age gap there. But, um, yeah, he took us... I can't, it was, it was a school holiday, but I can't remember if there was any other reason for him taking us. Mm. But, um, we went on to that Scooby-Doo ride and my brother is not a fan of heights. Ooh. And he's not, he's not a fan Cookie. of heights. Um, Scooby but you know, it's, it's a thrill ride. You're meant to, it's a thrill ride. You're meant to, yeah. you're meant to have some thrill to it. Yeah. Yeah. But he thought that I, I, I think I am, I am very much assuming what he knew <laughs> but i think he thought that because it's inside like a warehouse it's just and it's you know it's scooby-doo it's a kids ride yeah it's gonna be you know, very we weren't very cutesy. young but it, he didn't think that it was going to be too bad either because i'm ride. not a roller coaster rider mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of them um so he thought it might be a little bit better lo and behold he was the one who had the problems with it because we get into this <laughs> cart and we're going through the indoor stuff and then it puts us into this elevator and you go up and he's like, oh, okay, now we're in an elevator. And then the doors behind him, he was sitting at the back of the cart and the doors behind him opened and he was like, what? <laughs> and then we got flung backwards at a great rate of knots and he was not okay. And then when it stopped and turned and faced down into that warehouse, he was like, what is this? <laughs> Losing his shit. So fun though. Oh, it was so fun. I think I spent more time, I think the whole cart spent more time laughing at my brother's reaction to the ride <laughs> yeah. than we did actually on the enjoying the ride it yeah. was just so Forget funny ride. yeah it's focused on your brother <laughs> and now it's just like a, a core memory of my childhood is my brother's trauma <laughs> of this ride but i think that's the thing with rides and attractions depending on where you go you know if it's a carnival i'm more apprehensive about jumping on a ride at a carnival or a fair yeah i, won't, I don't know. um if it's not a bouncing castle i'm out <laughs> Look, that might be a really horrible judgment to make, but I don't know how regularly carnival such as um, 
Gold Coast show and Eka, mm-hmm. uh, they travel around the country, you know, mm-hmm. those particular people yep, yep, um, yep. to different fairgrounds. And how often are these being serviced? How the maintenance checks, um, you know, yeah. reporting of faults as well. Um, For being me, it's checked. not even that in depth. Okay. Just, oh, I, have, okay. I, have, I have just seen the videos, like, and I'm sure <laughs> yeah. I can find one, but I've seen the videos of the rides that get top heavy and the anchorings don't hold. Oh, gosh, yes. And then the whole ride starts moving and it takes like half the showground to hold the ride mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. to get the people off. Yeah. That was... Especially like that was it for you, <laughs> yeah, that was it for me. I'm not, I'm not a fan of all the crowds at the Echo, so I don't really go anyway. No, but to me, it's expensive. In, yeah, oh my god, it's expensive. <laughs> but in in my head, aside from all of that, yeah, Echo is held during the westerly wind season, mm-hmm. which is something that I've grown up knowing about. Right around about August, around about the time of the Echo, the westerly winds come through, and you get the change from winter into spring. Yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of those rides are really tall. Yes. And if those aren't anchored properly or that anchoring lets go mm-hmm. in westerly season, yep. it's just a disaster and I don't want to be there. I don't want to get squished. <laughs> I don't want to get squished. I don't want to be on the ride. I don't want to be trying to hold the thing down. Mm-mm. I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan. No. And I think, you know, look, theme parks around the world have had different issues. Yep. Even the ones that you think are the best of the best have had issues. Mm-hmm. I can, let me just tell you that. Yeah, and I think that the ones that are the best of the best are often the ones that have actually taken those issues seriously and corrected them as quickly as possible. Yep. Um, and safely. Because a lot of the time, I know in my theme park days, you know, working on different roller coasters and whatnot, there'd be always a few people and it'd be every single ride, you know, of loading new people on. There'd be a few that go, it's not in right. It's not in. I'm one of them. It's not clicked. Didn't I didn't hear a click? I'm one of them. You know, I've got room. There's room. I've got room. Uh, you know, my yeah. This, this guy. This guy. They're <laughs> going. Uh, is it, are you sure that that's locked down? I don't want to die. <laughs> is this is this where this is supposed to be? See, my why young- can it move? <laughs> my younger self would just be like, hate you bye, click, <laughs> hate thumbs me. up, away you go. It is in. I let guy, me just tell you, look, it's I in. Would, I would. I would generally calm down when the guy came by and tugged it and it didn't move away from me. Yeah, like, yeah. that's as far as it moved. And I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, some, you know, harnesses, they've got the harness and they've also got the seatbelt that clicks. Yes. So, you know, between your legs. I kind of like those ones because then I feel like I've got, like, a secondary safety measure. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, some people, you know. Like, if I'm, this fails, that will hold, right? <laughs> do something um yeah I'm still holding on with the death grip to the chair in front of me <laughs> into the harness um but yeah like look if kids are too short as well that um want to get on that's another thing um or they don't have enough meat on their bones some kids are really really skinny they might be tall but they're really skinny and if that particular harness doesn't touch their legs no, no. Like, you're no. not riding, mate. No, no, no. Um, and it's not for reasons that you know we're trying to not let you have fun. It's we don't want you slipping out. You're like basically a little bit of paper, and you could go do woo off the ride. I've never heard someone described of as a piece of paper before. <laughs> well, it, I'm just trying to give a visual that if you're not, you know, you you just don't have enough meat on your bones. I don't have that problem. Mine is too much meat. <laughs> <laughs> that you'll just fly away. No, I understand what you mean. Um, so, 
Yeah. So getting back to the thing about the 12 year old having to leap off a ride that the restraint come undone. Did um, they have to? That's not how that sounded. But they didn't it was, have to do anything. No. That they hit the emergency stop and then the child jumped. Jumped from their seat to the ground. Now, how that is even worded yeah. <laughs> makes it sound it sounds like this giant leap. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they did fracture their feet, so I'm imagining that there was quite a bit of space there. But I'm just wondering, any emergency stop on any particular, anything that's got any roller coaster truck, it can't just stop when you press the emergency stop. No, it has to come it to a stop. It has to come to a stop. Because so otherwise are, you're just going to break everyone's necks. And the the motion of a roller coaster, there's certain brake areas, you know, that and, and brake points that you can kind of shimmy up to. So even if the emergency stop has been pressed, you might still travel a little bit to get to the next brake stop anyway. Yep. So people think you can just get stuck upside down. Sometimes you can, but that's not anything yeah, we've to seen, do with brakes. We've seen actual <laughs> video evidence of that happening. But that's not brakes as such. That's something completely different. That's not the emergency different. stop. That's something else. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you can, like, there's no, no brakes, like, on a helix that you're going to be going through, you know, and you're going to be stuck there. So you're just kind of motion down or towards the next lot of brakes. So I'm just wondering, because the child has had their restraint come up, they've gone, shit, I've got to get out. Like, regardless of... Oh, yeah, look, they're 12 years old. You know, they're just rational thinking of doing, I'll stay put, I'm, I've am i come to a stop. But they're 12. They're not... Yeah, yeah they are. They're 12. So And the, the, the other thing is, is that if they weren't riding, like, they're 12, so they could very well have been able to ride on their own without the parent. Yeah. So the parent might be waiting for them back at the... Exactly. So um, it could just be that instead of having the parent with them on the ride and they're waiting for them back to pick them up at the end that maybe they've not had someone sitting next to them going, no, 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 don't get out yet. Mm. They've just acted. Yeah. Because, I mean, you... oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, folks, um, the camera's just turned off and, well, Taj noticed. I didn't even notice. Um, you could have been sorry to everybody listening. Apologies if the camera angle has changed. <laughs> Our battery died. She's anyway. very tired. Um, <laughs> Twelve-year-olds jumping off roller coasters should not happen. It should not happen, and it wouldn't be, I think, anyone's fault but just panic of the twelve-year-old and needing to get out of that situation. Because I can guarantee you, well, aside unless, from the fact that the harness went, but that could just be a maintenance issue. Absolutely, but I think unless they've come in to unload. Um, to get like literally get off the ride anyway, like it's at the end end, and yep. they're just coming into. They would have wanted out. A attendant would not be in the vicinity for a couple of minutes. Yeah, and if they're riding so solo as opposed to with yeah. their parents, then yeah, there's probably no adult sitting there going, "Don't, don't do that." Yeah, just wait. They will come to us. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's still currently being investigated. Um, to this date, there's no update, so um, we might come back to that uh, when there's when WorkSafe's given, you know, Bookmark their it. findings. Yeah, and come back to it because yeah, it's sort of just um, getting into the nitty gritty of regulation around amusement rides and um, you know how to manage health and safety at amusement parks and whatnot. So uh, that won't give any added extra information to the actual particular topic at hand. So. Yeah, that's that's our episode for today, everyone. 
Um, Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. I know, again, it was um, a couple of heavy topics from Reddit on Reddit, but um, I think it would just be an interesting topic to get our talking juices flowing. Oh, that's a weird statement. What? I know. I My brain had a little bit of a connection then and I, a lot of words come out. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> we think that it, they're important topics that everyone should actually be talking about. Yes. That's better. That's a better. I'm not putting that in. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, me or yours? Because that was just, I don't know what that was. So that's not going in. <laughs> so, anywho. Yeah, we're just trying to highlight different um, industries and what different things they have to deal with in their daily work activities. Yes. Um, that can be unsafe or downright traumatic events. So, yes, um, hopefully uh, it was interesting and it opened up your world to thinking about others and their different workspaces. And um, stay safe, everyone. Catch you next week. We will talk to you next time. I said next week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no no next week unless you're going to start helping me edit. We hope you all have a good day and we will talk to you next time. (laughs) Bye. I really wanted to say next week.